Welcome back, everyone. I'm Sarah Peck, and this is the Startup Pregnant Podcast. Okay, so raise your hand if you ever feel like you wake up in the morning and you look at your to-do list and you have 27 things on it and the projects just keep unfolding in front of you and you feel totally overwhelmed by it all and you don't know where to start or where to put your energy and your time. I feel this way probably on a monthly basis because I have clear focus, clear priorities. I use my quarterly planning and my monthly planning to figure out what I'm going to do. But then invariably, I end up getting overwhelmed because more projects and more inputs come in than I had planned for. And then I run out of the ability to stop, pause, say no, and I get overwhelmed. And so I need really useful strategies to prioritize and say no effectively. And that's what I want to talk about in today's episode. We are going to dig right in and talk about three tools that I love using that help me when I feel totally overwhelmed and like I have lost my focus. So one of the tools is rocks, pebbles, and sand. One of the tools is from a creative writing class that I took. And one of the tools is using your calendar in a blocking method that can be really helpful and also hard. But all of these tools, I will go over them in today's episode. If you are feeling swamped or you're back in that place where it's hard to focus and you don't know what to do, listen in. This one's a good one. I interrupt this podcast with a public service announcement. We are launching the first course in our Startup Pregnant School. We have our first course, The Art of Asking. It's all about asking for what you want and getting more of it. It is now live. You can find it at startuppregnant.com slash ask or go to startuppregnant.com slash courses to see what we are building. Several years ago, I wrote a piece called The Art of Asking and it went viral. 300,000 people read it right away and then I turned it into a mini book that became one of the best performing lead magnets on my site. I also turned it into a talk, and I give this talk on the art of asking at conferences and at companies, and I have since taken that talk and turned it into a self-guided on-demand course that you can watch in just under a little under two hours. In this course, I cover things like knowing what it is that you want and grounding yourself in your why. And if you don't know what you want, I have exercises to help you figure that out and find clarity around what it is that you want. I talk about the art and science of manifestation and like why there's actual scientific evidence and psychological evidence for parts of manifestation and tools like priming and how they actually work. I have visualizations for you to use and you can use them over and over again. And then I go through step-by-step -step specific scenarios like asking for people to reply to your messages or making really difficult and challenging announcements as a company or how to negotiate in a relationship when you're trying to ask your partner for something and it's really hard for you to figure out why you're not being heard. And then I have five big picture strategies for how to position yourself and be really clear and effective in the way that you're presenting and asking for what you want. 
If you want to check out the course and see the whole curriculum, it is live for the first time ever. Go over to startuppregnant.com slash ask and you can head over to our website. The link is right there in our show notes and take a look through the course. There's a preview. You can take a look at some of the lectures as a sample to get a feel for it and see the entire curriculum before you even think about buying it. I have had people tell me that even just one of the strategies, and I go over five big picture strategies and then five scenarios, and I have a cheat sheet of this one pager of rules you can print out to help make asking for what you want easier. I have people tell me that just one of the rules alone changed how they walked into a room and how they make asks, every single ask going forward. They love the ideas so much that I am already thinking about creating an advanced course with more strategies and tactics. But for now, check out The Art of Asking. It's available over on our website. If you struggle with asking or you want to become a better negotiator, either in your business life or in your personal life or both, go check it out. This was a huge work of production over this past summer. We just finished putting the course together and I am so excited to bring it to you all. Welcome to the Startup Pregnant Podcast, where we talk to creative leaders about what it means to be an entrepreneur and a parent. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. So I'll use myself as an example just because I think probably everybody listening has felt this way at some point or another. But I woke up this morning and I just had this huge list of things to do. And I'm working on a book proposal right now. I've got batching of the podcast that I'm doing because I'm trying to get our whole summer and fall season prepped ahead. But many of you might not know, but one of the things that I've committed to on this podcast is that anytime I have a guest, I read their book. Well, I've committed to doing 13 interviews in the next few weeks, and I've got a whole bunch of books I'm trying to read. So like I get up in the morning and I'm like panic reading while I'm flipping through all these books. I am enjoying it, but also it's a lot of reading to do. And I just have a long list of things that are ahead of me, and they're all good things. It's all good news, as I like to say. There's people who want me to come speak, which means, does this ever happen to you? Like somebody says, hey, I want to, you know, I want you to come speak at our event. And I say, oh, that's awesome. And then I look at my speaking page on my website and I say, oh, poop, <laughs> like I got to fix that. And so I go and I like, I end up down the rabbit hole of um, my husband calls it yak shaving. I think it's a phrase from, I'll have to dig it up if I can find it. But it's basically like, you don't know why or how you ended up shaving a yak, but it became a really important part of the project. So I ended up down this rabbit hole where I was editing all the content on the page. And I said, oh, well, I should really get some more images. And then I went down an image rabbit hole. And then somebody suggested I have a speaker reel. So I went to try to find all the videos I've ever done. And then I was researching companies that were doing speaking reels. And I kind of just like gasped and pulled myself up out of the deep end and was like, help, help. I don't know how I got here. What am I doing? Because it all feels so important. And it feels relevant and it feels useful. But then you run out of time. And you're wondering why you are researching speaker reel companies and how you got so far away from the other projects that you'd started out doing. So for me, there are a couple of strategies that really help. And they aren't one-off strategies in that I can't tell you to use these and then your problems are going to be fixed for the rest of your life. But they are really helpful for me in finding clarity and focus right now for the next few weeks, for the next few months. So the first concept that I love is called rocks 
pebbles, and sand. I first heard about it from Steph Crowder over on the Courage and Clarity podcast. Steph is a friend of mine and we mastermind together. We do these retreat weekends together and she is a brilliant businesswoman. And I heard about it from her and I I think she heard about it from someone else, but she's adopted the concept for a program that she teaches, the 90-day planner method. She also has like a 15-minute planner. She's got amazing strategic insights. So the concept goes like this. On your to-do list, you have things that are rocks, those big, heavy, meaty, important things. So for me personally, that would be my book and the podcast. Those are the big things that are a priority and the Wise Women's Council. So I have three big rocks. The next thing you've got, you've got lots of pebbles. Oftentimes we've got, you could quickly jot down 10, 15, 20, 25 different pebbles. And those are things like a Facebook Live video or coming up with all the social media content or writing blog posts. They're smaller in weight. They don't take you as long to do, right? Like a blog versus a book are very different things, but they're both important, but they have different time requirements, energetic requirements, and one of them takes a lot more focus and time than the other. And then you've got things that are sand, little tiny things, but they have to get done. It's just they're not that important, but they still need to get done. And sometimes that's like updating the plugins on your WordPress website or making sure that your backups are running or checking off the tasks on the to-do list. Or for me, it's after a recording is finished in our Wise Women's Council, uploading it to our cloud platform where everybody can watch the replay. They don't take a ton of energy. They don't, they're not like, quote, important. I'm using air quotes here because it's just a little tiny piece, but they still have to get done. So think of a jar, think of a large mason jar, and you're trying to fill that jar. How would you fill the jar with your rocks, your pebbles, and your sand? Well, if you put the sand in first, you'd fill it all up and maybe it would get halfway. And then you put your pebbles in and it would get two thirds to three quarters of the way full. And then you wouldn't be able to fit those three big rocks in. And you say, oh, darn, I didn't get those rocks done. Well, the thing is, is that most people approach their workday this way. And they say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do all the little easy quick wins first. I'm going to do these quick wins and then I'm going to get to the rocks and the pebbles later. And so you start your day and you're like getting on a roll and you're doing all these little things. But what I find time and time again is that when I start with the little things, I actually never have space for the rocks. So the way to fill the jar, if you're with me on this metaphor, is that you put the rocks in first. And if you can imagine a mason jar and you've got three big rocks, because I know what my big rocks are, is you put those rocks in and you say, okay, they fit. And then the next thing you do is you start to stack the pebbles in around and you say, all right, the next most important level are the pebbles. And you the pebbles fill in and you realize, wow, the jar looks pretty full. And the last thing you do is you take that cup or two of sand and you pour it over the top and you realize the sand fits all the way down around everything, but it only works if you start with the rocks. So this is a really helpful tool and metaphor for me when planning ahead because I have to breathe, step back and ask myself, what are the one, two or three major rocks that I'm trying to work on in my life this year? Now, for the purpose of business, it might be three business things, but one of your rocks might be getting healthy or getting in shape, or one of your rocks might be, I want to spend as much face time with my kids as possible. Whatever it is for you and your life, that is the thing that has to come first. And for me, I actually have to actively put it onto my calendar in order to make it work. So that brings me to the second concept I want to talk about when I talk about prioritizing. 
The second concept, many people may have heard of the quote, you got to kill your darlings. And it's, well, it's also a movie coming out now, but it's a phrase that used to be attributed to Stephen King, but before that, a lot of other writers. So it's this writing phrase that's out there. And it applies to the idea that when you are working on a great idea, sometimes you will also have several other ideas. Oh, I'm going to write a book about vampires, but also zombies, but also parents, but also water bottles, but also Kleenex. And you've got like, all these amazing ideas. I don't know how all of those would fit in a story, but feel free to take your imagination where you want to take it. And you're at the writing desk. And what you actually have to do is you have to eliminate all of the ideas that don't fit. And even when it comes down to the page and the words on the page, you have to kill a lot of those sentences that feel good to you, that sound good to you, to get down to the root and the essence of the thing that is the most important that needs to be said. It's a really sticky phrase and useful for writers in general because we're attached to those words and those ideas. We think that we want to make them all and do them all. And what we have to do is take a big red fat pen and strike it out. And we have to kill good ideas in order to have the clarity and the precision of that one great storyline or idea, the one that people can follow along with, the one that will sing, that one that will live on its own as a great idea. Well, I want to adjust this a little bit. I think that killing your darlings is great. However, most of the people who talk about killing your darlings happen to be men. And they happen to be men who have wives. And the thing is, is that if you are a woman and you are in the working world, we don't have wives at home for the most part. The world that we live in doesn't support us in the work world the way that the historic working world has supported the traditional male. So when I think about the phrase, kill your darlings, not only do I have to take that into account, but it's almost like we just have to murder everything in sight because we literally have very, very little time. And this is where it becomes kind of extraordinarily painful because there's a whole host of things that we want to do and things that we want to pay attention to and spend our time on. But the reality is that we do not have enough structural, systemic, or social support in what we're doing. We have a tremendous amount of duty and work and caretaking on our plates, and there is probably not enough time for everything. I don't know about you, but this to me always feels really brutal to hear. It is not something I love thinking about because I want to believe that I can do it all and I can have it all and I can figure it out if I just find a better way. But I think the myth of work-life balance, one of the problems with it is that we are selling people the idea that if they just have the right structure or the right priorities or the right system or tools, that they will somehow be able to squeeze it all in. So to play on the sand, rocks, and pebbles metaphor that I just told you about, because you might be thinking, wait, Sarah, you just told us how to fill the jar. I actually think we have too much sand and too many pebbles. And so we're trying to stuff a lot of rocks and a lot of sand in there. And we also have to put in a layer of editing, a layer of, listen, this beach is really big and I cannot fit this whole beach into this jar. I only have one jar right now and I need to focus on the sand that's here. So this whole killing your darling thing is kind of sucks. I don't really have a good answer other than the brutally painful exercise that I go through routinely, which is I have a list of 27 great ideas and I have to pick two of them to focus on at any one time. And I always feel, I always feel a little disappointed. Like I wish I could be doing more because frankly, I would love to start a YouTube channel right now. I would love to have an Instagram TV channel right now. I have so many ideas that I want to share and content that I want to create. 
But I sometimes look back and I think, oh, for the last two years, all I've done, I know you're probably like laughing at me on the other side of this podcast, but I feel like all I've done is create this podcast and couldn't I have done more? Well, I got to squish that YouTube. What did, I, I told my husband this this morning. I was like, I got to I gotta stab my YouTube dreams in the eye. And he was like, your metaphors right now are intense. And I was like, that's what it feels like on the inside. You actually have to do these things. So I hope you're laughing. And if you are around children, I hope they are not scared of this podcast. And if you're around your husband or partner and they are looking at you with shock and bewilderment because this is the podcast you listen to, hi, welcome. This is a great place to be. All right. So the third thing that I want to talk about when it comes to prioritizing, this tool is less murderous and more uh, useful in some ways. And it's the tool of calendaring. Calendaring for me, I feel like I'm getting a four-year degree in and I have just crossed over into like the sophomore year and I've got several years to go to implement this skill and this tool. But the way that it works is that for every single thing you have on your to-do list, you have to allocate time on your actual calendar for it. So it's not just for me recording a podcast. It's not just the window of time that I'm recording the podcast interview itself, the calendar invitation that I send to another guest where I say, hey, here's how we meet. Here's how we connect. This is the time we're having our meeting. It is also the two hours beforehand where I'm researching, prepping, and writing out the questions. That gets a calendar invitation to myself as well. It's the hour afterwards where I'm recording the pickups and I'm lightly editing the piece and I am creating the introduction and I'm creating the tasks and on the Todoist calendar that we have that go out to our team, our production team that edits and writes the show notes and gets the social graphics ready. Those are all things that take time. It's even setting up an action item for emailing the guest when the show goes live, things like that that take time. Everything I'm doing should have a corresponding action item on a calendar. This can seem crazy, overwhelming, and intense, right? It's like, how do you put everything you do on a calendar? Doesn't that take up all the time that you have just adding everything to the calendar? So the simpler version of it is to create blocks and windows for buckets or categories of things that you have to do. Like Monday, I'm going to spend three hours in the afternoon doing my marketing emails. And Friday, I'm going to spend two hours in the morning doing my social connections. And I'm going to spend two hours in the middle of the day on Slack responding to everybody's questions. And then I'm going to brainstorm ideas on Friday afternoon. Thursday is going to be all of my podcast creation days. You can still use buckets. What does this tool of calendaring, though, have to do with prioritization? Well, what it does is it puts the things that you are currently doing onto space and time. And so when you go to add new things to your life or you say, oh, I'd love to meet up with friends or this event sounds really interesting, it asks you to confront the things that you've already committed to with the things that you want to commit to in real time and space. And you say, oh, on Monday, I usually do all of my marketing emails and I usually like I have a slot over here and that's when I teach yoga. But I also want to go do this live television event. Which one am I going to cancel or move? Can I move my marketing emails to Tuesday? And if so, where's the buffer? Where's the wiggle room? Or what has to get canceled? Because oftentimes we just move things back or we push them or we squeeze them, but we don't actually end up saying no to something. And what I love about the calendaring technique is it puts it on your calendar so that you have to say, oh, you know what? I'm going to have to skip my marketing emails or maybe I'll repurpose one from a year ago so that I can also make time for this event. It forces you to be creative and say no. 
That is it for today's mini episode all about how to prioritize and how to be strategic and effective in your business. We talked about three tools today, the rocks, the pebbles, and the sand, the phrase kill your darlings and why I think you have to murder everything in sight. That's a euphemism, by the way, that is not actually a real instruction. That is a metaphor. Okay. And then third, using your calendar as a system and a tool to help you put the actual events you have to do onto your calendar. Those are my three methods for prioritizing when I get overwhelmed. I use them over and over again, and I feel like my skill level is a solid intermediate, and it is something that I am working on and building in real time. If you have any questions about prioritizing or strategy or business tools or marketing. I always love talking about these things and I'm happy to create new podcasts based on your questions. If you go to startuppregnant.com slash question, that's where you can actually send me an audio snippet and ask me a question and I may answer it in a future episode. So I can't wait to hear from you and I will see you on the next episode. If this episode made you curious to hear more about other women entrepreneurs that are taking creative maternity leaves, figuring out how to do maternity leave on their own, or building businesses in unique and interesting ways, which I mean, to be fair, is probably like all of the people that we interview. But I want to point you to a couple of episodes that you might really appreciate. Episode number 31 with Stacey Trock looks at how to take maternity leave as an entrepreneur and how she did it while on the rocket ship that was a really accelerating business that had a ton of customers and customer service needs. Sarah Mozkop in episode number 30 shares her journey in building a tech company and why she left things like Postmates and Google and Twitter and she has a background at MIT and in computer sciences to build a parenting-based company. Amber Anderson in episode number 29 shares with us why she became an entrepreneur in the first place and then how parenting changed that entrepreneurship journey to focus on creating events and programs and products and tools that allowed for more. Her company, The New More, looks at how to integrate parenting into things like conferences. Episode number 65 with Ariana Taboada is an episode all about how to take maternity leave as an entrepreneur, and she focuses on helping people take maternity leave in a country that doesn't support maternity leave basically at all. And especially women entrepreneurs don't have the protection of social services or government structures. So she talks about how to plan ahead for it on your own. And then finally, our interview with Emily Williams, episode number 93, is one where we get to take a look at her three day a week work week and why she designed a different kind of work week because as an entrepreneur, she wanted that instead of the traditional work week style. So take a listen to those if you are looking for your next episode. Those are episodes number 30, 31, 29, 65, and 93. And I will link those in the show notes. So if you are wondering what I just said, they will be in the show notes and you can click right through to get them and listen to your next episode. And you know, I always say this and I mean it. Leave us a review on iTunes if you like our show. It takes a few seconds and it really does help us a lot. If you want more of what we're talking about, go over to startuppregnant.com and get on our email list. 
we send out a weekly newsletter with time-saving tips for parents and entrepreneurs. And I always include a weekly gadget or tool or something awesome that we've stumbled upon to help make your life just a little bit easier. And as always, you can reach out to us at hello at startuppregnant.com. We love hearing from you.